This generation under so much pressure Held to a standard impossible to measure Without guys, they suffer No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother Not the fin for the one in the mirror Self-image distorted, can't get no clearer Damn, lost souls devoured by the streets Ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks By their feet, only crack vials and shell casings Looking for hope, but they still waiting And I implore you to never give up And like Pac said, uh Keep your head up and when your back's up against the wall Keep your boots to the ground and stand tall Hold on and be strong And go against all odds, uh And keep your faith in God Welcome all to the Liberated Minds show. We are your host, Kay. He is James and me. I'm Maurice. Thank you so much for joining us. And now we're going to highlight black businesses. All right. First, we got uh, a good brother, Hassan McCain's debut book titled Reflections from Inside. It's a collection of poetry that is a raw expression of depression, abuse, and perseverance that was written while he was actually serving time in the Ohio jail cell. And this book is available on amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and anywhere that books are sold. Uh, next we have a sister who has, uh, she has actually two salons, but they're currently closed down now right now for uh, due to COVID. But she also sells organic hair products. Um, the name of the business is Solara Naturals. And her mission is to provide natural blends of oils, vitamins, and minerals, which is one a wonderful alternative to harsh chemical-filled products. And you can get these products at solaranatural17.com. All right, so today's topic is, uh, you know, a tough one, very emotional. Uh, we're going to be discussing the lynching of Ahmaud Arbery um, that, you know, took place on February 23rd, 2020. And crazy enough, an arrest wasn't even made until May 7th. And there was actually a graphic video that was released. And this was actually the reason that led to the arrest being made. Um, I believe if the videos weren't released, it wouldn't have been no arrest made. So uh, let's uh, <clears throat> get into this topic. Um, let me ask my fellow uh, host right here. Uh, should the release of videos like Ahmad's uh, that shows us being slaughtered be a call to arms for our community, or is it adding to the PTSD that makes it so difficult to have unity? Okay. Uh, I don't mind tackling this one first. Uh, I would say it should certainly be a factor in the call to arms. Uh, for me, that one is without question. Uh, but also, it is nuanced. It does add to the trauma, the PTSD. But that's not to say that it shouldn't add to the PTSD. When something like that happens as a community, we should all feel it on uh, like on a very, I'd say, emotional level, in my opinion, because it's something. This it, he is us. He is the three of us specifically. He is the three of us exactly. Something like this could have happened to any one of us um this could be someone's this was someone's son this could have been someone's dad could have been someone's brother so i, I feel that <clears throat> i don't for me i don't think there's no good that that can come out of the video being produced i think the fact that the video was produced and there was the uproar from the video is why we have some action now um personally and to go back to anyone that would I mean, the three of us, I, I, I believe the three of us agree that this is a lynching, but to kind of stave off anybody who disagree, I just want to read the definition of a lynching real quick. It's to kill someone for an alleged offense with or without trial, usually by mob action. In this case, you had uh, really three assailants, the two gunmen and the one cameraman who also had a gun behind. Long story. Well, we, we all know the story. So I think without question, this definitely falls into the uh, definition of a lynching. So the fact that we can call it what it is uh, gives, you know, power to those of us that would normally feel voiceless uh, about that. So that, that's my uh, long story, long answer shortened. Okay. What about you, Kay? <laughs> I'm, 
I mean, I, I agree 100%. Um, it's definitely a wake up call and um, it should be on, it should be on America's radar, but we, we know there's two different Americas and that, that is what, you know, fuels us and allows things like this to occur every day. It's just that, as we see, like you said, this, this occurred back in February and it took till May for these assailants or for these, um, for these suspects to be uh, detained. And that was by way of not necessarily them wanting to, you know, introduce justice, but it was, it was a call from the people via social media. Without mm -hmm. social media, backwards towns like those, stuff like that happens daily. As we just saw, there, um, we had that new video that showed about what, three years ago. We had some encounter with a police officer while he was minding his business. And yeah. the thing that stuck out to me the most with that video was when that officer, the second one, the second officer came on site and immediately went to try and tase him. Um, Lord willing, the, you know, it was a malfunction, but I believe, um, I don't know how much more this does. I, to answer the second part of that question, it does bring on PTSD as a point because we're, we're, we're seeing this on the daily. It used to be from time to time, but now it's like every day. If I go, I search through um, a web browser, cases like this showing up left and right, and it does put us in a state of shell shock, in my opinion, you know, when dealing with these types of traumas. So yeah, that's, that's my long, that's my short, short, long answer. <laughs> Got you. So uh, I agree with both of you brothers. Um, so if that being said, like it's still some of us, in our community, some of some of our brothers and sisters in our community that's still on that. I'm just going along just to get along. So how do you get them on that point where this is actually traumatic to them as well? And it also makes them want to, you know, get that call to arms and be ready to like actually speak up and do something. So, so you see. Okay. okay. So I just wanted to clarify that question. Um, so you're asking what what would fuel those people to finally see what's taking place, or like what? Yeah, exactly? just to, yeah. To what what would what would <laughs> it take to get them to stop walking around with their eyes wide shut? Uh, unfortunately, I. I I can't even answer that because every every year since most recently, every year since like the Trayvon Martin mm -hmm. uh, tragedy, yep. I would say this is the one. This is the one. And how many have we had since then? Too many to count. Yeah, he's exactly right because the, the Trayvon Martin one is the jump off point to me. Obviously, there were many black men and black children and black women that we've they've been being murdered um unjustly for that but that was so visceral that was so present and it should which should have been such an open and closed case they found a way to demonize a child and then it just kept happening hey michael brown kid walking by himself some the the gentleman in new york being choked out for selling lucy cigarettes like demonizing what should be normal behavior. Sandra Bland, rest her, rest her soul, her telling on the screen, hey, I'm never going to kill myself. I'm not going to do that. Then all of a sudden, where does she end up? Like, yeah. Philando Castillo, he registered gun gun owner, did everything he's supposed to, reaching like the officer. So it's, they've <laughs> found, they keep finding ways to, to uh, execute us. Uh, and even, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't, they don't finish the job. So you have a man prone laying on the ground with his hands to his side wide and somehow he still ends up getting shot. So mm -hmm. they keep finding a way we have, it, it, if, if people, to me, like, like, I don't know the answer to how do you get to everyone to open their eyes because 
we've been in every situation to where we are the victim to any type of action. And the one highlighted case where it was a black cop and a non-black victim, that dude is sitting behind bars right now. With the quickness. With the quickness. When someone, mm-hmm. technically, she came running up to the car. Like, so, <laughs> yep. I don't know. I personally don't know the answer to that one. I, I, I would love to. I'm hoping we're going to figure it out. I'm hoping we're going to figure it out. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm sure that you've both seen like their running lists on social media of things that you can't do while black. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't well, this list ultimately just come down to pretty much not being able to exist while being black? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, like Reese had pointed out before. Uh, they're able to like circumnavigate everything. I think it's mm-hmm. just their way of discrediting our humanity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like um, things <laughs> you said things mm-hmm. you can do um, or can't do while while being black, right? It, that started from the uh, Constitution, because when you say all men are created equal, you've already highlighted that you don't view us as men. You don't view mm-hmm. us as humans. Mm-hmm. Therefore. We 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 supposed we're supposed to have no existence in this country, and believe it or not, we we built this country. We've been here the longest to top that off, mm-hmm. but we're discredited at every stance. And when it's time to make things right, there's always some reason as to why black people don't deserve their reparations or why um, why it's this isn't a um, a civil issue or whatever the case is. I mean, we always get the short end of the stick. So, like I said, I just, like you said, it's just our existence, period. It all boils down to just our existence. We always say go back. Go back is their favorite uh, chance. So, I don't know. Maybe until then, right? Yeah, pretty much. Reese, you got anything to add? Nah, he, he said it, Case said it uh, precisely, in my opinion. Okay. All right, I got a second part to that question. If if our if it's a problem with our mere existence, is um conforming as most people try to tell you to do really worth it? So okay, I'm a I'm gonna ask this question. I I, I I'm gonna end up saying no. Like that's that's me personally. I no, I, I just I don't I don't feel like it. I don't I don't feel I don't feel that's the answer because no matter how much you conform, I, I feel like because the systematic oppression, the, the, the everything that's set against us, the the history we have with this land, um, people's mindsets against us, no matter how much conforming we do as a race it's still going to be that that gap that chasm let's say let's take a group that considers themselves or they be considered by other groups as the model minority asians asian americans having kind of a tough time as far as race relations right now in this in this country because everyone believes hey you're the reason why whatever whatever what's happening right now with COVID 19 and everything and they do everything they do everything supposedly by the book, by the model minority book, and yet something happens, and bam, look at look at where look at where their standing is now. Is their standing still better than African Americans on a whole? Yeah, you know it is what it is, but that just to me that signals a flaw in the system rather than a flaw like us needing to conform to them. Mm-hmm. About you, okay? Yeah, I feel the same way. Conformity, um, just cut me off, or just tell me yes or no. Did we conform when it came when it came to language? Did we conform when it came yeah. to religion? Mm-hmm. Did we conform when it's time for a job interview and the way we must groom our hair? Mm-hmm. We conform. What has conformity done? It sent us backwards. That's about it. That's the only thing I can see. Mm-hmm. We left all that we were taught 
once our ancestors were enslaved and <clears throat> enslaved and brought here, excuse me. Yeah. And since then, when haven't we been conforming? We comply. We do everything that they say we should, and yet the outcome is always the same. So, yeah. what's the common denominator there? Got a point. Yeah, but it's it's crazy because on the one hand, we can see that. Like us right now, we can see what it is. But then social conditioning is so deep within our society that some people will still say, Yeah, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta conform. You gotta you gotta, you know, try to be like the the quote unquote dominant society or whatever. But it's like you don't have to. There's there's alternate ways around it, but we don't have unity. We don't have that common bond and we don't have that trust in each mm. other to move ahead mm. and get, you know, and get like get ahead from that um conditioning that we've been subjected to for years, years, hundreds of years. But we have to ask ourselves, why is that? Why why is there lack of unity? been programmed that way like you said mm. but at the same time it's whenever there's an issue uh, that affects us as a community uh, most recently um, one that comes to mind is um, even in the fight for reparations look at how divided we are amongst that people saying well if you're not A, B, and C stay away what do they call it? Adults, matter of fact. Yeah, Adults, yeah. Yeah. So all right, I'll just I'll just break it down as far as how I see that. It's like I was always for reparations. And my father's side, Nigerian, my mother's side is from the US. But at the end of the day, what what side of the fence should that put me in? It's like, okay, you have to pick and you have to pick and choose. I don't see it that way. I see this as one blood, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if you have people that have been here that built this country, why why are you starting to nitpick on this person and that person? Right now, the goal is to get something on the books. So we'll find we'll find reasons like that. We'll find oh, this this person, they're Christian, I'm Muslim, whatever the case is. We always find ways to divide ourselves, so that unity is is never truly there. Even if you're from the same city, people will say, well, I'm from mm -hmm. North Philly, I'm from South. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's just how how we are. Like, like European, the Europeans will call it tribalism. But um, except for when it comes to them, because you notice they never refer to a German as a German tribe or whatever, but whatever. That's another mm -hmm. story. My whole yeah. point is, yeah, it's, it's like we get into these little spats that always take attention off what the main objective is. And it's been mm -hmm. program. We suffer from we suffer from mental side, this mental rape of a people. Bottom line, yeah, that's true, man. It's it's crazy, man. It's it's so much division, like light skin, dark skin, blood crips. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It, it it don't make no sense. It's like we all fighting the same struggle. <laughs> like we mm -hmm. we. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We all dealing with the same stuff. Like you can, even if you choose to ignore it, you still going through the same thing. It don't matter if if we black, right. we all going through it. Sure are. You can try mm -hmm. to act like you not just because you may have some friends here and there that don't look like you, but when you're not around, I guarantee you're the laughing stock. Or I guarantee they're making some kind of racist joke about you or something like that. So don't think that you're above anyone. Especially like, come on, like we we all black, so we all we all feel the same pain. We all bleed through the same veins. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mm -hmm. this is what it is. It's like you you just gotta wake up, man. It's 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 tough. <laughs> I, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think the talking. I I so I want to go back to something that we talked about earlier. You brought it up, community. I. What's a, what's a, what's a working definition for community? Because as we know, all skin folk ain't kin folk, even though they should be. Mm -hmm. Like so, so how are we defining community in this in this context? 
Um, you want to take that, Kay? Uh, I'll take a stab at that. Um, I mean, like, I mean, like you all broke that down as far as skin folk and kin folk. Um, that's what makes it difficult. Um, because when I say community, I speak about African American community. You know what I mean? And as far as I as far as I know, anybody that would not have passed that paper bag test would be considered community. But uh, you always have those double agents when it comes to anything in life. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to anything, so it's it, that that is another <laughs> that that's a good question. That's just another um, object in the way that um, we're always going to have those double agents like uh, whatever that girl's name is. Um, Candace Owens. Candace Owens. Yeah, people like that who are who are paid agents and they they just put there as, as props, as mascots for white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And just to say, look, why can't y'all be like that? You know, just speak and just promote their hatred just uh, with a black face. So Unfortunately, until those people show their true colors, I mean, this is how they always take down. Like, like today, who's who's behind James right now? Who does he have there? How did he get taken down? We know you always have people infiltrating. So, like I said, unfortunately, the it's not unfortunate, but um, I view it as African Americans, not necessarily just. African Americans. I mean, that's what we're saying, but I'm referring to all Black people under under the sun. Mm-hmm. Within um, within these United States, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And it's crazy because, like, for example, we got uh, what's her name, Amarosa. <laughs> she was one of those. She was. She was. She was a big time agent, right? And then mm-hmm. soon, soon, soon as Soon as her master kicked her ass to the curb, she started coming back yep. to the to the to our side, trying to be all you know mm-hmm. part of the community. And it's like mm-hmm. we have, in all honesty, and I hate to say it, in all honesty, we have to keep the community on lock. Once somebody shows they shows who they are as being an agent, we can't let them back in. We can't. Mm-hmm. I would tend to agree with you. But our track record shows us that, for the most part, we let them on back in if they ask a little bit. If they ask a little bit, hey, can we come back in? Like, ah, oh, okay, come on back in. And yeah. we're such an embracing and loving people. Uh, somebody not of our race does something that's generally considered of our race. We're like, oh, you're in the cookout and everything. Like, that's we, we're, we're such a people ready to embrace others yeah. very, very quickly. And it's so um, easy. Right. It's, yeah. it's so easy. It like, really is. Be like, oh, you can do that dance? Oh, exactly. Come to the cookout. Come to the cookout. Like, like really? You carry nachos in your pocket purse? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're definitely <laughs> one of us. Every time. On. I'm like, yeah, that's, time, that's, that's, we got to get on one accord. That's where you, the unity and community comes in. We have to, you have to unite physically, mentally, emotionally. And financially, we got we got to get on one accord because if we're not on one accord, it's never gonna work, and we're gonna stay at the status quo, and they're gonna keep doing what they're doing, and we're gonna keep being conditioned. We're gonna get, keep getting forced against each other, mm-hmm. going to war. Like we go to war with each other mm-hmm. way more than we go to war with anybody way else. Way more, way more, mm-hmm. way more. So uh, let me, if I can throw something out there too, I just, in addition to Ahmaud Arbery, I want to say rest in peace to Breonna Taylor as well. She was a young lady, um, as we know, that was gunned down when their apartment was bum rushed by the police who, according to many reports, did not identify themselves, um, broke down the door. It was the wrong house anyway, period. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that can't be escaped. And she was shot 20 times. And, you know, yes, the gentleman that was with her was exercising his his rights <laughs> as the Constitution and the, and the amendments put out. And now she is dead and they're missing a daughter who was, mm-hmm. by all accounts, an upstanding citizen. 
and where's the justice in that? It, it, I, I doubt there will be because they were police and it's more of them than there is them and it's going to happen. So I, I just want to say uh, rest in peace and for her. And I, I hope that somehow the machine can get behind that too and, and make something happen, at least bring it to light. But I have my doubts past us feeling bad about it, that anything's going to get done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, rest in peace. Um, Sean King and uh, Lee Merritt, they're actually on that case as well. So they're, you know, pursuing, I guess, justice. I, I hate to use that because it's not real justice because she mm-hmm. she lost her life to something senseless. Exactly. And they said, according, like, according to Sean King, every inch of her their apartment was shot up. Mm-hmm. Like it was bullets through the food in the kitchen. My God! And every like everything was shot up. And the guy he he fired back because they didn't identify themselves as cops. And now he's being charged, and they got him in prison. It's ridiculous. Hmm. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous. But I, I I also feel I'm skeptical, and this is why I'm skeptical. I feel like they're going to do you know um, Sean and Lee. They're going to do everything they can but i feel the nation's like well we already kind of gave you a mod arbery we can't keep we can't come on it's got to be one or the other this is the cause that you're going to have to pay attention to we're going to sweep that one under the rug that's just my personal feeling i really 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 hope to be wrong there but that's just that is how i'm feeling right now yeah they can't give us too many at one yeah. time that's unfortunate man it's, it's crazy <laughs> Has the NRA spoke out on this one yet? Ah. <laughs> well, you, you know it's crickets, bro. <laughs> they never going to speak mm-hmm. out on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, man. Um, so, oh, uh, can I back to leaders, right? Because it all comes back to leaders. The, the man behind you was such a transcendent uh, – leader once in a generation once in a lifetime once in a millennia whatever you like to call it that's what he was speaking of our our leaders uh, the leaders in the community the very vocal ones it seems like what i've noticed is when one gains some steam something always seems to go wrong there's one that there's one today that's very prominent, not quite as prominent as he was. I know we, we're all, I'm sure we're all familiar with him being from Philadelphia. Um, Dr. Umar Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very smart, very effective public speaker, very charismatic. Some of the videos that have been shown about him seemed as if he was being shepherded into a cult of personality. And when those type of things happen, those that were taking you more seriously or could be thought of as taking you more seriously, start taking you less seriously. For example, there was a video where he was like, you know, pay homage to your King talking about himself. And it's like, that's probably not that that's not going to, that's not going to bring everybody in. Some people are going to be like, "Mm, that's, that's a little weird. How do we how do we how do we identify our leaders that can that can take it to that next level and how do we protect them once they get to a certain point is my it would be my question. Um it's a good question. Yeah. You wanna go first, Kay? Okay. Um that's a nice question there, Reese. Um I think it's, unfortunately, this all goes back to programming. We've always Mm. been told not to trust one another. Mm -hmm. That's always been what it it is. That's what it boils down to. Um, I followed uh, Dr. Umar for some years now. Um, As far as he goes, I, I, I I I stand with his message. Um, as of lately, <laughs> it's funny, me and my cousin <laughs> had this discussion. Uh, his, his ego has gotten to him. 
anytime mm-hmm. something's going on, he's he's definitely going through something. And to say Certainly. that he specializes in mental health, he should he should um seek seek out you know the help he needs at this point because uh, what he's doing is becoming a caricature of himself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I've seen the videos of him saying, "Yo, this is the person's address. Somebody go pull up on him." I mean, stuff like wow. that is what. Wow. It doesn't matter how many things he said that are beneficial yeah. to us. It's that one eyesore. We've always been taught to to um, to focus on a weakness mm-hmm. in anything in life, whether it be you know sports, academically, whatever the case is. So they will focus on that and beat that with a dead horse. Um, so unfortunately, when it comes to Dr. Umar Johnson, I think he's his worst enemy. Actually, I don't think it's necessarily the people that um, discredit him. I think it's his own actions. I think his ego got in the way because there are times his mission to build a school with um, Afrocentric curriculum, build our men up. Who, who wouldn't love that idea? And you have to think, why isn't someone like Diddy pumping money into that? It's because you can't get close enough to people like mm-hmm. that who have erratic behavior. Because they'll say that's a reflection of you. Because we see what LeBron's done. No disrespect to LeBron, but the the curriculum there isn't focused on us, if you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why a school like what Dr. Umar Johnson has been preaching, it's ideal. But at the same time, how can one man try to take on all of that by himself? It's like he doesn't want people to come in to to help make this more than just a dream, make it a reality. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that is, see, you, I, I know that it was a broad question. It wasn't, you know, specific to just him, but mm-hmm. like I said, I've been following him for years and I've been disappointed in some of his actions lately. But like I said, his the message is what I focus on, but I, I can see why there are people that uh, his detractors are very vocal now. So, yeah, that's what I got to say on that. And that's the shame about, about what happened with him like you were saying because for a while there the detractors all they had was well we just disagree with him because like he really (laughs) he was so thorough and so knowledgeable and so on point that you Mm -hmm. really could you can't really argue his or you could argue his message but you can't really argue it on merit you know in my opinion but and they're like oh see look this is he's messy he's sloppy this that and the other he's got an ego and now it it distracts from the message, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then on the other hand, you go from that where he's being self-destructive to someone like Sean King, who doesn't take a dime from anybody. He he's like genuinely out there doing the work, brings light to a lot of these cases. He's a tech for they say he's not black. They say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they try to say that he he's uh, he they takes sure have, yeah. he takes money from the victims that he's helping. Nothing, none of this mm-hmm. has ever been proven. No. And then he gets death threats by the thousands every week, and like so it's that, a concert, it's a concerted effort to destroy him. But it's like mm-hmm. because we have social media now, uh-huh. it's like going through social media, like. It's a, right. it's like a concerted effort through social media. I don't know how much money they're using, but they're trying to sabotage this man, like literally. Like they're using every tactic possible through social media to bring him down and stop his cause. And this this right. is crazy. Like this is a prime example of someone that's out there being selfless, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can see that some force is out to get him. And as some of us, as some as some of our skin folk, and it, and it once again bring, brings back to the every brother ain't a brother that believes mm-hmm. what th- this machine is telling them. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's not really black. Oh yeah, he's taking money from the the families. Like, when mm-hmm. was that ever said? None of the families that he's helped have ever come out and spoken ill of any of the work that he's doing. Right. 
So that's something that that's really interesting what you bring up because I I do remember that about him too. Like when they they're trying to discredit him, and that leads me to to I know we're all thinking who is they like who is the they because we've seen where Russia flooded the whole entire country with propaganda and did whatever it did. So I'd be very interested to find out because it's obviously it's obviously a they behind all of this. Yeah. Who is that they? Because I feel like if we, we, we know generally why they're trying to do this, because so it's Discord, it, just, it does a lot of things for whatever their agenda is. But if we, I feel like if we knew the specific they, we could get so much more. We could find out what's really going on. Like what, what's, okay. Because I always feel like when we're watching the right hand so often, we're not paying attention to the left hand is doing like like magic. They're like, hey, look at this while they're taking money out your wallet and putting it in theirs. I'm like, ah, oh, there's the trick. And mm-hmm. We're like, oh man, that's an amazing trick. Not knowing that, oh, we've just been robbed. So we're mm-hmm. always being distracted from the bigger picture here. It's the the bigger picture isn't just justice for Ahmad Arbery. It's just it's it's needing to find a way to change the system completely or at least giving ourselves the the tools to to be in a better position moving forward so these situations don't happen to us again because invariably we're we're mad until the next thing happens but they happen so fast like Kay said earlier that it's just like okay now on to the next thing we're mad at let's make a Facebook post about it. Let's then let's go and create a Facebook avatar and move on to whatever else is the newest thing, the next big thing. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy. Like y'all both know, like for years I've been trying to shed light on stuff and I put out a certain message through my social media for years. I've been receiving messages from people where Mm -hmm. They're they're afraid to post something on their social media, so they'll send it to me to post. And this has been going on for like years, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and I, I never question them, but it always brings to the back of my mind. I'm like, what makes you afraid to speak up for something that you're supposed to speak up for? Like, right? What what's in in your mind that has you that fearful? that you'll rather go mm-hmm. through me because you know that I'll post anything I want. Like what holds you back mm-hmm. from just sharing some information and speaking on a, a situation that affects you? Because people can say that something doesn't affect them, but it does. If it impacts uh, one of us, it'll impact all of us. All of us, every last one. No matter if it's in your face or not, it just is. And it, it's, that's it, that's always that's something that's always been like interesting to me. I receive like at least one message a week like that. Mm. I mean, I I think the the same thing um, can be said as far as why is it when we say hey, let's go ahead and boycott X, Y, and Z. You always have those that are like, well. I don't see how me doing that's going to change anything or Mm -hmm. case in point, the NFL, the most obvious one, right? With um, Colin Colin Kaepernick, we know what he was kneeling for. He stated what he was kneeling for, excuse me, but somehow the whole, the whole scenario was changed and flipped into he was anti-America, this, that anti-military, anti-everything. <clears throat> so that was a way for people to feel comfortable and saying, I enjoy my football anyway. You know what? Nah. Well, what's he, he can do that off the field. Why is he bringing that up? It's because his stats weren't A, B, and C. We, we've heard all the excuses, but people, people are too comfortable with their situation now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, um, that's something that I've always felt like if we wanted things to be better for us as a people, like you said earlier, James, as far as um, financial financial freedom, we wouldn't need. And I think we should 
have their financial freedom, buy some land over in Africa, make your own country. All Africans here in the U.S., buy land in Africa, have your own country. It's not going to be comfortable. It's, we won't enjoy it. But at the end of the day, we know our grandchildren will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You can't worry about your comfort right now. Because mm-hmm. okay. guess what? How many more generations are going to go on like this? Yeah. That's a good point, man. That's a great point. Yeah. That is a great point. Going back to the uh, the Kaepernick thing, another thing that people were saying was, oh, he got, he got money from the NFL, so he just did it for a payday without knowing the details of what the payday meant. He got he got the money for lost wages because they forced him out of the league and then proceeded to whiteball him and prevent him from making the wages that he would have made. So he got money that he was duly, like, deserved and should have been paid. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he, he kneeled and his whole purpose was just to get money. When he kneeled, he kneeled for a reason. And he knew it was going to re- be repercussions, but then he didn't expect it to be a concerted effort to then proceed to block him out of the league. Like, you can't do that. You just, you just can't. You can't do that and then expect to get away with it. And the fact that the NFL settled, it shows that they were guilty of it. It's, it's not showing any guilt on his, on his part. It's showing that the NFL were guilty and they admitted guilt. And the non-disclosure agreement wasn't his. They made that happen because then they would have had to show their cards. Like, yeah, this is who did it. These are all the people that agreed to do it. Boom, boom, boom. And it's like, my problem with it was that people weren't willing to give up However how many we 18 Sundays and just not watch it for, for this brother who stood up and sacrificed his life. You know what I'm saying? Like football was his life since he was younger. He gave up all of that to, to like protest and show passion for a cause that affects all of us. And then in turn, all of us couldn't return to love. And I'm like, Really? Couldn't do it for four months? You couldn't just not look at a game? You just couldn't do it. It's crazy, man. People still refuse to do it. I be getting questions. Like, when I bring it up, I get questions like, oh, y'all still doing that? What you mean, y'all? You black too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I just... We, we've seen the memes, I'm sure we're all on social media, but it's just so incredibly, like, just cosmically funny. It's cosmically ironic that he's vilified for peacefully protesting by kneeling. And there are people that are marching up to state buildings with guns and threats and everything. And they are seen by many as patriots. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I, I that it's not surprising to any of us because we know the game, we know how it is, but it's still just very it's very disappointing to see. It's okay, great. Um, and Kaepernick did sacrifice his life, like you said, because hey, guess what? Even if he was a career backup from that point on, he still would have been making mm-hmm. so much money as a backup QB in the league, and his skill set is at least better than most of the backups in, in the NFL to this very day. So he still would have been being paid very handsomely if he had just shut up and been a football player. Just mm. don't it, – give to charity. That's how you can protest. Give to charity. Do it silently. Don't mess with our product. Don't cause distractions from these gladiators hitting each other. And It's, it's just it, – it, <laughs> The con is in, man. And I, I feel like when you take a step back and you look at it, you're like, really? It's, mm-hmm. just, it's really when they, disappointing. And it's proven that um, patriotism was bought at the military, I think specifically the army, 
their recruiting was down low. That's why they said, hey, let's give you some money and then we can do this, you know, national anthem at the beginning. Make sure um, the players are out now. Before that wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. But still, it doesn't matter. You, you have those extreme right-wingers, not even extreme nowadays, just right-wingers, period. They'll go out of their way and vilify mm-hmm. anything that's uh, conducive to us. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, um, mm-hmm. And then, like, after he after he was white ball, he still proceeded to keep his word, and he donated to all these different organizations, donated his time, mm-hmm. created an organi- organization, know, know Your Rights campaign, and all of that, and people still couldn't get behind him. And I'm like, I just, I don't understand it. And it's like, I don't know if people would get behind any leader. Like if, if the people today existed back in the sixties, I don't think that Malcolm or Martin or any of the leaders back then would have had any support. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think that like people, the bus boycott wouldn't have happened because people would have been calling Rosa Parks crazy. And like, like I, I need to get to work. Sorry. Yeah, like I, it, she was this, about I need to. Yeah, I could totally see that. So then, yeah. let me ask you something. If any of these, because I, I consider a lot of our leaders from the past to be transcendent. If any of these leaders were dropped in today's in today's environment, would would they would they would they flourish? Like, would they be what they were then, even with all their transcendence? because of all the things that we notice about us today. I don't, I, I, I don't think, think so. it would, I don't think they'd be successful today. Just, I mean, just for the mere fact that we, we have search engines like Google where mm-hmm. everyone has it on their phone and you tell somebody just do some simple research. They refuse. It's right there. I mean, we, the thing, what I've always heard is that um, the civil rights era afterwards, they didn't pass the baton. That, that's always been the excuse I've heard. But I, I think it was the baton was passed. It's just that we were too comfortable. We thought the race was over. So mm. we didn't we didn't continue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's like growing up, it's like growing up entitled, privileged and stuff. It's like, all right, I'm comfortable. Well, what? Yeah, I could do a little better, but I'm comfortable. I can live like this, and I think that's mm-hmm. why we're so stagnant today. Yeah, and, and it's not- so interesting. Go ahead, go ahead. Jim. Go ahead, No, I just think it's interesting. You said that we thought the race was over when the other side is still running to this very day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh no, we're winning this race. We're we're never we're never going to lose this race. You can quit if you want, mm-hmm. but we're always. For you, you, you look in history, right? It's always been the group in charge's best interest to stay for things to stay that way, and they always do try to do things to stay that way. Usually, it's their own hubris that out outdoes them, or there's an uprising from the group that's not that. Or many groups that have been um been downcast and downtrodden by the leading group, but this like they're like, hey, we're in charge. And they can be subpar and not excellent because it's so many of them in positions of power and influence that, mm-hmm. listen, yeah, we still got you. Just, just, we'll take care of you. We have that system. They have that system in place and it's been perfected over generations. Mm-hmm. So it's just right there. We stopped running. We, we stopped running as a unit some of us still kept running like no we still have this race but everyone's like nah we can i'm gonna take a cab to somewhere else we're we're done with this race i'm comfortable enough this, i'm comfortable enough i'm good yeah and um to add to Kay's point um i believe that civil rights they tried to hand a baton off and the people that were comfortable did drop it and then you had the Black Panthers come along. They picked it up, but then agents destroyed them from the inside. Mm-hmm. So the baton, 
mm-hmm. is locked away in Fort Knox now. Mm-hmm. So it's like somebody tried to take the baton, but they destroyed them. They destroyed the Black Panthers from within. And it's like mm-hmm. that that baton is nowhere to be found now. Those those concerted efforts to destroy the leaders of those at that time, it was so powerful and so strong that I think it it got people to that point that you were speaking of about being comfortable, but it also created so much fear. And when you got so much fear in people, it's easier to control them. I.e. religion. Religion is based on fear. If people aren't afraid, they're not going to follow. You you know what? Everything you said just takes me so many different directions, but I want to... I want what as a as a community we should be doing is to stay on task. So I'm going to stay on task, but in the future, there's a couple of topics that I think we definitely need to chop up. But going back to something we talked about earlier, something you definitely said with the you know the financial empowerment, the centers of influence, et cetera, et cetera. I I believe I fully believe there are ways to do it. We've seen we've seen other groups execute this flawlessly to at least have their own center of influence and power. Take Philadelphia, for example, Chinatown. Chinatown has their own council person, their own financial institutions, their own schools, their own supermarkets. They have everything. Like they don't, they can venture out of the community if they want, but anything they need, anything and everything they need is within that community to the point where like, the the fire and police department kind of got to get the okay from them to be in that community sort of thing so that to me they've they've been able to build a powerful model here within this u.s and they're like technically the last group to come over or whatever and there's reasons they've they've they're well resourced they know how to pull together as a family as a as a family in the large sense of the word but i'm saying for like we have a very recent example of it's possible. Now I don't know how probable it is for us, but it is a thing. It is a possibility. It's it comes down. It's a it's a few things with that. Number one, it comes down to mental slavery. <laughs> how free? How free do you want your want to want to be really in your mind? If you're on if you're on lockdown in your mind and you just and you want to stick to these specific guidelines and you don't want to venture out of that, it's gonna be harder to get somebody to change their direction and want to unify. Chinatown, they have one huge advantage. Whenever one of the citizens from China immigrate here, they get ten thousand dollars from China. So they come here with money. Mm. So if a group of them come here, let's say five of them, they have $50,000 that they can use. And if they start a business, they get five years of that business being tax free. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's advantages that aren't really, that we don't have that that's why they can come over here. They can build a whole community. They can get all these stores. And then after five years, they'll just transfer it over to somebody else. And then they'll get five years tax-free. Now, we certainly don't have them. Um, and, but I, I'll ask this. Is there a way we can create those? And, and Kay, uh, you know, forgive my, forgive my ignorance on this one, but what I've learned from uh some of my african uh brothers and sisters some of my caribbean brothers and sisters is they have a similar system to that as far as like they'll pull their money together and support a family that's coming over there in some sort of lottery system or et cetera, et cetera, and doing not not to that same effect as having a whole nation behind you but having like a na- like a, a a community behind you like a neighborhood or something like that i i have heard of something like that within certain uh, black community, black uh, diasporic communities. Uh, have either of you ever 
heard of those things or um I've heard slightly like about you know communities pulling together for like a family or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know if it's on that scale. Like you said, with right, like I, a, a government. Oh, certainly not a up. government. No, no, no. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's like my block. The people on my block are the like we all support each other. So it's a certain amount of time. We all put money in that pot. It's it's June. Okay, this family gets that. We do it again till it gets up to a certain point. All right, it's August. All right, now that family gets that. And what they use that money for is to, from what I've been told, from what I've been told, help build credit, help put together the funds for down payments on houses, help open businesses, that sort of thing. Yeah, I've heard of something similar with like um, Indians. Uh, Oh, in sir. grad school, one hundred percent. Right, one of my classmates is from India, and he asked me, "You have your green card?" I said, "I'm a citizen." He's like, "Well, why are you in school?" I said, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I'm only here so I can get some type of money, but I'm going back to India." But the thing is, when we come here, like you were talking about that loan, they do get some type of loan that they're not paying. Um, they're not paying like taxes on or whatever. He says, the first thing we do is buy like a gas station or something. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then even with a, um, like within like medical school and all of that, even, uh, let me not, let me not speak on that, but in grad school, they, they work, um, they work together even in grad school. And then I was told when it's time to buy a house, India sponsors, I guess they have their own bank here for the citizens, like mm-hmm. somebody of Indian descent has their own bank and India helps fund it. So the people, they put all their money in that bank and then they're able to give low mortgage rates. And this is how they do their houses. And like you said, that that pot will go around too on top of that. So this is how everybody else moves forward. It's, um, it's, not, indiv- it's not individualism that works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's our problem. It's always they say, well, oh, you good. You think you're too good for us. Um, and then you out. And then you just forgot all about us. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Involving problem. But uh, oh, yeah, all these other all these other cultures, they seem to to work on like the um, excuse my daughter <laughs> on like a um, group level. Yeah, group, group so. economics. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, we don't. That's that's the thing, man. We gotta. It's a shame we got so much work to do, because mm-hmm. in order for us to get to the point that group economics will work, we have to first love each other, then we gotta trust each other, mm-hmm. then we oh. gotta build, we gotta re, <laughs> then we gotta build foundations, like with each other, so we can right. like you know, be be solid. Then we gotta unify. Definitely. And then we gotta come together <laughs> with our with our resources and funds. Like mm-hmm. it's like, yo, we're like hundred <laughs> years behind everybody. Like seriously, with this, and it's absolutely, it's crazy because it's like it's been a concerted effort, and not enough people have seen it that they purposely got it where we won't want to join together and they purposely like infuse this hatred amongst us mm-hmm. and then they try to uh, force us into the areas that's like stricken with pro- poverty mm-hmm. and then you're going to be forced to kind of follow your environment mm-hmm. and once you a lot of people once you're in an environment that's filled with hopelessness and despair it's hard to come up out of that Mm. And people and people confuse being broke with being poor. Poor is a mindset. Broke mm-hmm. is temporary, and you can choose if you want to break the cycle of being broke. Mm. It's crazy, man. 
And that's just it. You're very right about forcing people into certain communities. Redlining was is is a thing. Like that that was a policy of many of all the financial institutions mm-hmm. at one point in time. That was they were they had it in their bylaws, <laughs> redlining. Let's make sure these people like Levittown. Levittown had it in its in its uh inception. No no black people allowed like there were no not to be any black people that was in their in their legal structure that you couldn't sell you couldn't resell your home to a black family like that's what they did purposely so they they hurt us into these communities and and it does create a sense of helplessness and everything it's because these communities aren't as well resourced as other communities period yeah. The only time they get well resourced as other communities is when the communities start to change. Exactly. Which we won't. I don't, we don't uh, need to I, get I into Brooklyn. That. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn has been changed forever. Yes, Brooklyn's very changed now. Brooklyn, it's not. It's it's not nearly this. It's not the same at all. I was sad last time I went to Brooklyn. I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah, it's such a when, when Harlem. Harlem's not Harlem anymore. That hurts mm-hmm. my soul. That hurts my soul, honestly. Yeah, because there was so like, much, Harlem, so much history there, like the Renaissance and everything. Like, it's it's so much rich history there, and it's man. like it, it does, it's like it's like wiped mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. But that that brings that that brings me to something my cousin and I was speaking on the other day, um, right there off, um, it's not Lehigh, it's not Broad Lehigh. Where was Fraser's gym? Oh, where was that? Oh my God. What street is that? It wasn't Glenwood, was it? Glenwood, Glenwood, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, it just brings me to that. Anytime I drive by that and I see that furniture store there, I, to this day, I understand how we have Danny Garcia. <laughs> we have um, who, who, what are, Bernard Hopkins, especially. That, that's that's another story. But I, I don't understand how they allowed something like that to happen. I'm not I'm not sitting up here passing blame on them because I know that the city didn't protect it as a like a historical uh, place. Mm-hmm. So I know that's on the city, but at the same time, those within that business, you know, that looked up to Joe Frazier, being from the city of Philly. Why didn't they step in and intervene to save that gym? And we can't always say, hey, these people gentrifying and there's nothing I can do because that place ain't gentrified. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that, mm-hmm. that was all on us to stop that. Yeah. It's like we got to. We got to, hey, you got to step in and say, hey, we're going to take care of what's ours. Do what you're going to do, but you're going to want this as bad as, as we do at one point, though. Yeah. Because once they see that we, we ain't doing anything, to um, that, we're, that we're doing our all to make sure nothing happens, then, then they'll know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. I think it's a great point. I think that's that's an excellent point. It's there was a case where those that did have resources that should have been really connected to something like that, it it, it went through the cracks for whatever reason. But that should have been something. That's that's a, a piece of history, a piece of Philly history, rich, deep, beautiful, and now it's a furniture store. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and in a, in a couple more years it's going to be um, North Philly isn't going to exist it's going to be Center, no, C- Center City all. North yeah Temple, Temple East yeah yeah. it's like Temple combined University. with Temple yeah. Temp- Temple is buying yeah. up all the North Philly mm-hmm. and they're slowly like not just moving up Broad Street but they're branching out oh they're yeah, further they like, <laughs> so like the, pro- the projects that's that's been there for years. I don't even I don't even think they're there anymore from last time I 
I saw like construction, all this construction going on. Mm-hmm. So much construction going on. So much. And it's. Hmm. All right. All right. Never mind. That's. It's, it's a lot going on, man. It's, how do we, how do I, I would like to ensure that the people that need to benefit the most from these changing neighborhoods do so. It does not feel like that is the case is all I'm saying. Mm-mm. They're being bought out of their houses for like pennies on the dollar. So they're not mm-hmm. really, they're being forced out of the neighborhood and, but where are they going to go? You get, you give somebody mm-hmm. $20,000, $25,000 for their house. Where are they going to go? Like you right. can't, you can't mm-hmm. find a livable house with $25,000. Mm-hmm. It's like, but they, they just want them to go and put a down payment. Most of these people, you know what I'm saying? That down payment. Yeah. It's going to have them okay for a while. But what about after that? <laughs> like it's it's crazy, man. The whole damn system. It, it just needs an uh, overhaul. Like it can't keep going the way it is. Like anything, like. Definitely. Yeah, something's got to give at at some point, and so but that goes back to like early questions. What was yeah. the early question? Is this is this gonna be that wake up call? Like, yeah. we have all these signs around us. Like, what what will it take? I, I that's the thing. I can tell you. Apparently, we can tell you what it what it doesn't take. Everything that we've just described. Mm-hmm. So, what will it take? That's that's the unknown. Yeah, and that's a question for you, you you people. You, you watching, it's a question for you. Yep. What is it going to take for you to wake up and see what's really going on and want to do something about it? Besides, just make a post. Exactly. If you're going to make a post, at least have some action behind it. Exactly. Under so much pressure, held to a standard impossible to measure. Without guys, they suffer. No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother. Not the fin for the one in the mirror. Self image distorted, can't get no clearer. Damn, lost souls devoured by the streets. 